of freedom. His friends had warned him that sixteen was a difficult age, when girls were all too ready to fancy themselves in love. Lord Grafton believed, however, that the difficult stage of Sophia's upbringing, turbulent though it had been for a time, was now over. Pretty Sophia had a practical turn of mind and a quick wit. She was not fond of reading novels, and had never evinced the least romantic sensibility or inclination to pine for a dashing hero. If her heart was set on balls, at her age that was only to be expected. Dancing was a harmless pastime, and Lord Grafton stood ready to allow it. To Sophia, this evening's presentation meant a final escape from the tedium of the schoolroom, the nursery, and her strict governess. To wear a beautiful gown and dance in company, be admired and eat late suppers, had been her object for four years, the most desirable thing imaginable. Waiting impatiently for the line to move forward, she heard the tantalizing strains of music from the dancing room and longed for the girl ahead of her to move along more quickly. Sophia felt the gates of paradise were about to swing open to receive her, and she chaffed at the delay. Her eyes sparkled as she drank in the glorious panoply of the company that she was part of tonight, the flash of jewels the heavy scents of perfumes and powders that masked stronger odors, the elegant little black velvet patches and the towering headdresses of the most fashionable ladies, the feathers, the sea of fine fabrics stretched over wide hoop skirts, bodices cut and artfully boned so they barely contained swelling bosoms, the colorful sashes, waistcoats, and decorations worn by the men, the occasional dash of regimentals, the livery of the footmen, the wigs, the ruffles, the fans furled and unfurled to deliver secret-coded messages between lovers, glitter and pomp everywhere. Sophia felt herself happily in looks tonight, and observing the other girls and the fashionable ladies, saw that her own dress was much the prettiest. There had been a battle with her godmother over her gown. Upright Lady Burnham dressed tonight in ancient black silk, though with the requisite wide skirts and lace ruffles at the elbow, had become a convert to the evangelicals since the death of her husband. With fervor unusual in her class, she had embraced Bible readings, missionary societies, and good works among the poor. She disapproved of anything frivolous a category that included girls being out, fine gowns, presentations, pleasure gardens, plays, balls, and almost anything else that diverted their attention from the workings of the spirit, the attainment of salvation, or charitable deeds. She had worked hard to achieve some sort of religious awakening in Sophia, though so far with no discernible result. Yet despite her dislike of frivolous pastimes and her preoccupation with her goddaughter's spiritual welfare, Lady Burnham had felt duty-bound to accompany Sophia tonight, in place of her dead mother, because Lord Grafton absolutely insisted that his daughter, the last of the Grafton line, make her formal entrance into fashionable society. Though Lady Burnham saw no necessity for this, she had conceded that rank had its due and put aside her reservations.
She reasoned that once Sophia was out, her father would concentrate his efforts to have her suitably and swiftly married, and once married, retirement to the country would remove Sophia from the gaudy temptations of the fashionable world and set her feet in the more easily trodden paths of virtue in Sussex. Lady Burnham had been brought up in the country and was firmly of the opinion that righteousness was more effectively pursued there than in London. And Lady Burnham knew from her experience what was required in the way of formal dress and deportment if a female were to have the entree to the drawing-room and the royal presence. She had been a lady-in-waiting to the late Queen Caroline, and after her death to the royal princesses for several years, and thus was in a position to coach Sophia in preparation. In return, she had insisted on the power to veto any gown that she deemed too risque.